I was desperate, you know, at the time I was 17, 18, unemployed, you know, and I was desperate to, you know, to get a break. And I knew that if I did get a try, I would, you know, I would grab the chance. I think it was always going to be boxing. I mean, I stepped into the gym as a 10 or 11 year old. Boxing just took hold of my heart straight away. I love everything about the sport of boxing. Hello, I'm Marie Crow, and this is We Become Heroes, the RT Sport podcast that explores how elite athletes and sports people reach the top of their game and the lessons that they learned along the way. I'm delighted to say that my guest today is Dublin football legend, Brian Mullins. Brian, you're so very welcome. Thank you for doing this. First of all, how are you? How's life? Uh, life is good at uh, my stage. <laughs> Come in terms with the new reality, which is hybrid and... Um, uh, working from home and trying to uh, contend with the changes to our uh, routines and to how we do our work and how we uh, be part of uh, organizations that I'm in UCD. So it's a large organization and everybody in the organization is challenged to uh, look at the, the way they operate and try and still do what you're supposed to do. but have to navigate it maybe in a different way and novelty in some cases and um, rebooting uh, or uh, rebranding uh, uh, might be the, the case. So I didn't think that I'd end up in these circumstances at the end of my working life, but that's it. Yeah, there I am. Yeah, and a lot of people are in the same scenario as well, just trying to figure everything out and adjust. And what about football then? Are you still involved in it? Does it still bring you as much joy as it probably did when you were younger? Um, I, I would say the joy is probably word is probably different uh, in that your expectation of what it uh, provides you with is different now as you get older uh, compared to when I was young and when I was playing. And uh, But it's still something important in my life and involved mostly with the club uh, and up until this year I was managing the senior football team but I've stepped away from that now and I'm uh, on the periphery more uh, around intermediate football and uh, still trying to uh, bring some uh, you know influence to bear on younger players who are starting out on their journey of playing at adult level and uh, it's not as intense or as um, uh, heavily involved as I have been over the last 10 years, but it's still there and it's still an important part of my life. Uh, in most of us who are involved with clubs, be it in the hurdling front or uh, uh, football front, uh, you know, when the, when the club uh, is, is in need of, of support and need of effort and particularly in the volunteering sphere, uh, you tend to kind of put your best foot forward as best you can and shape it into your life. So I'm still involved at some level. And what about the intercounty scene? Do you still keep as much of an interest in it as maybe you had in the past or as you're so involved in the club and have been for a long time? Is it almost a little bit secondary? Uh, the uh, county scene and, and the performance, particularly of the Dublin team, would be uh, uh, not necessarily diminished by the fact that I'm on the periphery and I'm, I'm like an awful lot of other fans now, just um, 
keenly interested in them doing as well as they have been and continuing to sustain. Uh, they recently have had a blip and uh, we're all keen to understand whether this is the end of uh, an era or whether they still have more uh, in them to produce uh, uh, the best performances. But um, no, that would be a, a kind of a, a sideshow in my in my life, really. I, uh, I wouldn't have the involvement or the, the interest to, to the uh, extent or the level that I, I, I know and, and understand that it involves. So have you figured it out and understood it? Is it a, a blip or is it the end of the cycle? It's probably a mix of the, of the two. It's definitely an end of, of, of the cycle, but, uh, you know, finishing up uh, at the end of a, a six in a row and uh, the large amount of players that have stepped away who featured and who, who um, really gave a great performance during that period. Uh, some of them are still there and trying to eke more out of it. Uh, but for the main part, you're looking for uh, newcomers to step up to the mark. And so I think it's transition is, is, is certainly part of the current phase. And, you know, all teams, all sports teams and indeed individuals have to transition uh, at different stages of their uh, operation. And Dublin team at the moment are no different than an awful lot of other counties trying to build uh, Uh, a bit of a a future and a a standard out of what they have uh, learned from the past and from their uh, great achievements and trying to maintain that and manage that. Well, you are so involved in club football, so you know what's coming through. Is there a conveyor belt of talent coming through, do you think, enough to replenish what has left? Um, There is certainly plenty of talent in the clubs uh, and particularly Division 1 clubs in Dublin. I think Dublin club football is in a very strong position. Whether there's uh, the type of talent uh, that uh, we availed of the last uh, 10 years in particular, I'm not so sure. Uh, It, it, you know, is a a high place that and a high standard that uh, Jim Gavin's a group in particular, following on from Pat Gilroy, they they certainly reach for the stars in terms of their effort and the standards of performance that they achieved. And whether there's another group there now that can uh, follow in those footsteps and fill those boots is debatable. Uh, the, the, the pressure will be on and the influence of what standard other counties, again, I know that like Kerry, for instance, would have been expecting to leverage an awful lot more of their uh, great four-in-a-row minor teams that uh, young Clifford was leading out on. But it hasn't happened that way for them so far. They're still uh, striving to to uh, get back to the, the pinnacle of what they would consider their performances. So in the case of Dublin, I think the jury will be still out, but it, it's a hard act to follow. And I I don't think that there's a Dublin team going to uh, arise uh, to be achieving, uh, you know, uh, twos and three arrows, let alone six arrows in the future. I think if we go back to winning in All-Ireland every uh, three or four years, I'd say that's as far as they get.
Okay, well, we will find out soon enough because championship is around the corner. But for now, Brian, we're going to take a little bit of a trip down memory lane. And I'm going to start by asking you, what are your earliest memories of sport? My earliest memories of sport, Maria, uh, are around my upbringing in, in uh, uh, an oasis of uh, sport in Clontarf, where every sport was available. Swimming, tennis, cricket, rugby, uh, GA, uh, soccer. So uh, I was just uh, from a very early age, uh, the one that was always out in, uh, with friends and uh, with uh, schoolmates. Uh, playing some game. If it wasn't rounders with a cricket bat or a cricket ball, it was uh, cycling on bikes or uh, running long distances in St. Anne's Park. And, uh, you know, the, uh, the formative years of my life, uh, particularly from 10 to 16, 17, was all about uh, what shape a ball and what uh, way you could play a game spontaneous or, or organized so my my earliest memories are just being getting involved getting out there always having a hurley in the hand or as i say a cricket bat uh, uh, likewise and it just where set up a set of posts just get going get two teams just get involved be active who were your heroes then around that time when you were growing up Again, they were all over the place. Like uh, uh, because I was uh, uh, very close to the Clontarf Cricket and Rugby Club, uh, there would have been an awful lot of uh, uh, you know international players in both codes uh, available visibly and coaching in those clubs. So uh, we all availed of that. Uh, uh, at 14, 13 years of age, I had a, a cricket coach, believe it or not, a man called Robin, Robin Waters, who was a huge influence on me. He was a, a, an, an exceptional mentor and uh, had a, a lovely way about his coaching. And we often these days, uh, you know, uh, on, on webinars and Zooms, uh, listen to the great coaches, uh, Graham Henry and uh, even the uh, Joe Schmitz of this world. And we, uh, uh, you know, marvel at their ability to be able to shape uh, 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 development in, in athletes. And it was the same back in my day, the likes of Robin Waters. And then, of course, eventually I came under the influence of Kevin Heffernan. So I, I had no end of heroes. I had no end. I, I watched the World Cup final in 1966 a 12-year-old when uh, England and uh, uh, Sir Alf Ramsey uh, were at the top of the, their table and I used to watch a lot of tennis and see the great uh, battles between Bjorn Borg and uh, uh, McEnroe and uh, a whole load of other tennis and the, the, I, I learned from all, all of them. I watched them and tried to identify what was it that they uh, could do that I could learn from. So, you know, I, I, I any number of heroes out there. What was your dream then when you were a kid? Like when you were playing whatever in the park, like what did you, what was the ultimate that you wanted to achieve in a sporting sense? I, I suppose the earliest ultimates that I would have had were around Crow Park. And uh, again, I was so lucky that uh, early in my time, I was selling programs in the stadium from 10, 11 years of age. And the big uh, finals 
where the ultimate for us youngsters, you know, it would have been in short pants, believe it or not, going in there <laughs> with your pockets full of the, the coin that people used to buy they might, out in the street. They used to buy the programs from you. And the one thing you had to have was a large pocket to make sure you didn't lose any of it. And of course, the prize for us at the big games was once we had brought back uh, the money for the 100 or the 200 programs that we sold we had automatic access to the sideline seats and you know i have so many all irelands that i i, I witnessed firsthand uh, for instance the one in 1968 that sean o'neill scored the goal off the ball hitting the upright above johnny Cullerty. and johnny was around collecting the spare ball when uh, sean was putting the ball into his own net that he had vacated thinking that it was going to go into the stands or over the bar so I can see that as if it was last week. So I had huge opportunity to witness uh, high performance. And to, uh, I remember running into, into after all, in the hurling finals and trying to grab a hurley from the Doyle's, Babs Keating, the great hurlers. A, a thrill for us Dubliners would be if you got managed to get your hand on a hurl that some one of the players had and pull it off and, and then make a run for it so that it wouldn't be taken back off you. So they, 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 things like that would be, I mean, it would, Crow Park was a theatre of dreams for, for us, you know. So were you always good at sports? Can you remember that? Like, was it a case that whatever you, you tried out, you were able to, to maybe not master it, but at least make a good fist of it? Yes, uh, I was very lucky like that. Uh, from a very early age, I understood that uh, the friends I had and the people I hung around with, we, we all developed a keen uh, sense of direction and a keen sense of ball control and hand-eye coordination from all the things we were doing. So be it hurling or be it cricket, we, we, we always uh, uh, you know, spent time on the basic skills and testing each other uh, uh, under pressure to marking each other and trying to get the best out of each other in terms of uh, not giving in uh, when you were tightly marked or tightly tackled. And uh, the promenade in Clontarf was a, a, an oasis for us at certain times of the year. We'd have uh, games there that uh, uh, we'd push each other very hard. So I, I felt I developed and uh, because I, you know, at, at 12, 13, 14 years of age, I started to get a stretch uh, and become bigger than a, a lot of uh, my friends who were the same age as me. Uh, I suddenly mushroomed into six foot, six foot plus, and none of my brothers who were older than me were, uh, uh, were able to match that. And so my, my size became uh, an important factor in being able to play against older uh, lads, but still be able to hold my own in terms of, of performance and be, not being uh, shooed away or seen as being capable of being just easily dismissed. So uh, uh, that would be a, a recollection I had that in my teenage years, I, I was able to play up a grade or two and, 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 and uh, you know, make a worthwhile contribution even though I was younger than, than than most of who I was playing with. So playing up was obviously beneficial to you and beneficial to the team. It's it's not something that's done so much anymore. Is it something just in general you'd recommend? Uh, I wouldn't necessarily. Uh, um, I think that the people who end up playing up 
are the uh, and uh, succeeding at it are, are the exception rather than rule. And it, I wouldn't see it as being necessary to have it as a, a standard uh, uh, way of, of assessing skill and ability. Uh, it, it just coincidentally happens in, in some cases, and it happened in my case, and it, it benefited me. But as a general rule of thumb, no, I wouldn't be recommending it. I, I think that most players benefit from playing within their age until they get uh, to beyond minor. I, I think that the last few years of changing the minor age uh, from 18 to 17 has had a knock-on effect and and I'm hoping that the under 19 grade now which has been introduced will help uh, steady that kind of uh, uh, area of uh, uh, young boys and indeed girls moving into the adult ranks more smoothly uh, that, uh, from the underage ranks. Yeah, that's a, a huge challenge at the moment for a lot of those young boys and girls and teenagers, men and women now at this stage, I guess. So, Brian, you're you're good and, you, you know, you're pretty good at, at every sport, but there's a difference between being good at sports and having a, like a, a talent for it. When did you realise you had a talent for football? Um, I, I think I would uh, uh, view the time that I moved from the local club here in Clantar, which I played with up until I was 16 years of age. And then my older brother, Sean, uh, succeeded in, in uh, uh, progressing a transfer uh, from that club to St. Vincent's. And I think it was when I joined St. Vincent's, I joined a very successful uh, minor team led by the famous uh, Davy Billings. And I think it was when I started getting opportunities, even though I was a minor, to play some senior football uh, with the likes of Lar and Des Foley and uh, then later on, a little later on with the likes of Jimmy Keaney, that I began to realise that there were things happening in games that I uh, uh, was included in that I didn't find the step up as uh, tough or as big as I thought I would. And uh, gradually, uh, over a period of a year or 18 months, I, I came to realize that, particularly because of my size at that stage, uh, I was able to, uh, you know, uh, uh, make a contribution equal to anybody else on, on the pitch. And that, uh, you know, I had uh, an opportunity ahead of me and I wasn't fearful of it anymore. I wasn't doubting myself anymore. I, I quickly learned that it, it was about me making up my mind that I wanted to do it, uh, as opposed to just uh, assuming that I could if, if I uh, uh, put my mind to it. So uh, it, it was um, that time when I was probably between 17 and 19 uh, that I learned. And, Luckily enough, then I played in my first senior football at Ireland in a very quick space of time between April 1974 and September 1974. I went from uh, just playing my first game on, on Easter Sunday with Dublin and going to the All-Ireland final of that year and beating Galway. And at the same time, I won a Macquarie Cup medal with Black Rock Rugby Club 
and I played for Leinster under 19s in Ravenhill on Easter Saturday and scored a winning try in a game. And the, the 24 hours later, I played in Crow Park for Dublin uh, against Antrim. So it, it was that period between uh, probably January uh, 1974 and uh, September 1974. And when I was playing the McCarty Cup and Leinster under 19 rugby and Dublin, I was also playing in Limerick in college with a load of GA colleagues that were from other counties, uh, Joe Mulligan from Offaly, uh, Liam Fardy from Wexford, John Tobin from Galway. So that short period of a year or 15 months between 1973 and 74 was a great uh, period for me to, to understand and realize the, uh, what, what could happen for me if I put my mind to it. What position did you play in rugby? Uh, second row and number eight. I thought so. <laughs> so when you were developing as a footballer, what did you have to work on most in your game? Um, uh, being smart uh, uh, about effort uh, and being uh, tactically uh, astute to understand what was going on in games and how I could maximize my contribution. I, I, I always uh, knew that I couldn't just go out and, uh, and expect things to happen. I, I had to have my head around what was expected of me and understand where uh, I could make the difference between just average and between uh, above average. So I, 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 my management of, of games and the, the role and position that I played ended up very quickly uh, being assumed to be uh, mostly at midfield. I started off as a minor and underage as a, as a wing half back and uh, was quite comfortable in that position. But when I uh, moved into midfield, I realized that I had to be more uh, uh, on the ball in terms of making sure that I, I wasn't exposing the, the defense to uh, opposition, uh, getting in, getting free on top of them. And then I also had to develop the ability to understand when I could go forward. And um, very often you'd end up uh, uh, very quickly in understanding who on the opponent, opposing team was capable of doing damage if you didn't make sure that you were doing your, your best to cut off their avenues and to make sure that they, they weren't getting free opportunity to score goals or score points. Who was the, the toughest opponent then that you've come up against? Uh, there, there was no who. There was all of them. There was, <laughs> there was them. I mean, uh, uh, I suppose the... The biggest one in my career uh, was Jack O'Shea. So Jack was a fantastic athlete and uh, he, he had everything that you would want in terms of speed, turn of space. He had lovely hands and feet uh, 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 for playing the, uh, and executing the uh, uh, basics of the game, whether that was scoring or passing. So Jack would have been right up there. At the same time as I was playing against the likes of Jack, I was playing against Mick Lyons from 
uh, Mead and Joe Cassells, who were two excellent footballers. There was a, 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 a another man from Peter McGinnity from Fermanagh. He was a fantastic athlete, fantastic footballer. And our uh, time, he played with Ulster. He played with uh, St Mary's in 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 the ranch in in, in uh, Belfast. So at both at colleges and uh, not so much at, at county, but for uh, the provincial. Uh, competitions we we came up against each other a lot so there were three but there, there was great athletes all over the place and um uh, although the the Kerry team of the 70s would uh, every one of them was a, a, a great athlete uh, there were plenty of other uh, excellent athletes around the country from Galway to Leinster teams uh, in Leash and and Opoly. Uh, Sean Lowry, the Lowry's, um, Matt Connor. So Matt was just a genius and uh, 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 a great athlete. So I could, I could hold you until midnight and <laughs> all those people. All those people you know? So when you look, you know, at the early stages of your career, was there a moment where you thought, look, I can, I can make it at this level. I, I belong here. I'm, you know, up there with all the, the best in the game. Um, was there a moment? Um, there's probably a number of moments, particularly in '74, when you know nothing would have happened if we hadn't got the team, if we hadn't got the individuals, which was a collective. I, I, I always felt very comfortable, uh, you know, understanding my role, but also understanding how a team had to operate and it was dependent on the collective. It wasn't just any one or two people. It was everybody's effort. And how could I add value to that collective was the thing that uh, um, appealed to me most and I think influenced me most. So we we beat Offaly. We, we had a, a good game against Wexford in the first round of Leinster Championship of 74. And then we beat Loud and Navin in the second round. And the next match was against Offaly, who were the previous year's All-Ireland champions. Uh, uh, sorry, two years before that, 1972. And that was a big game in Crow Park. And we came from behind late in the game to score a goal and a point by a man called Leslie Deegan. And we, uh, we, we won that match. And that was definitely a turning point. It gave not only me, but every one of us to understand that, you know, Offaly as the All Ireland champions two years previous, we we could we could you know match them. We could overcome them if we put our minds to it right. So that that certainly did an awful lot for us and for me. And in the um, uh, Leinster final of that year, we beat Mead, and then we took on Cork in the semi final against uh, who were the previous year's All Ireland champions and. That was the big one. That really was a massive, massive game. And, you know, again, I can remember the uh, mood and the mental strength that we uh, put in place for that and the belief that we had. And, you know, the, 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 uh, the way that we very purposely set the pace early in the game, knowing that they... Uh, were being promoted in the media and everywhere as one of the greatest teams that had ever come uh, up. You know, this, this is, they all just uh, regularly start these comparisons with teams and 
you got to understand at those times that it's only 15 against 15. It's, it's not superheroes you're talking about. The, the opposition never have more than two arms, two legs, and one heart. It's, a, it's a, the way you apply yourself in those situations that makes the difference. And that's what we did that day. So that, that was a, a huge turning point as well, in not only my career, but in the career of, the, of all the lads as well. So the, I, I knew early on that I could make a contribution as long as I kept my feet on the ground and understood that I had a role to play as part of a team. And it wasn't about me, it was about the team. Did you just have that awareness yourself then, Brian, or was it something that somebody said to you that stuck with you that you needed to have that mindset? It, it probably was a, a mix of both. I, I, as I said, in joining up with Vincent's and in understanding the dynamic of what was required of individuals in a team context, I, I had a natural instinct for that, but then it was it was complemented by the attitude in the club, which was, listen, we're all in this together and uh, there's no one bigger than the team. It's all about everybody's effort uh, uh, converging into the effort of the team. And uh, again, I was fortunate at a very young, quite a young age that I had that opportunity and those experiences that uh, I learned that lesson from at a very early stage, and I, I was very quick to understand that as long as I uh, looked at it in those ways and prepared those ways, that I, I wouldn't. And like it, it did, it, it wasn't without its setbacks in terms of being beaten and suffering defeats. And you know, the old adage is that you sometimes learn more in defeat uh, than you do in victory. Uh, you know, we had all those as well in, in, in very quick succession uh, within a few years. So by the time I got to my mid-20s, I, I was pretty uh, settled on what, what constituted effort in a team context. It's really interesting. So tell me about setbacks then. You didn't mention it there. What was the biggest one that you ever, that you had to overcome? I, I suppose the biggest one was the car crash and, and um, realizing that uh, I was lucky uh, to survive it and I was uh, had another opportunity to start at the beginning and uh, I didn't know that I'd, I'd get a, a second chance to play inter-county football but uh, that was the biggest setback and thankfully I had uh, people around me that uh, supported me in my efforts once I, I started recovering and uh, I had a, an excellent surgeon in Martin Walsh uh, and uh, it took a few years but in fairness uh, he always believed that uh, I could make it back and it was just a matter of, of uh, being a bit patient but also uh, again realising did I want it, did I uh, you know, I could have just decided, look, at, uh, I've had enough of football and I, I didn't plan to, to uh, be involved in a crash, but it happened and I could have just decided that I, I'd uh, get on with my life in, in other ways. But uh, I, I still uh, must have felt that I, I, I could do 
something and, and get back to some kind of standard and thankfully it did uh, and in terms of uh, remembering back and looking back uh, that would have been uh, probably the biggest setback and then uh, you know uh, there was uh, very few other comparable setbacks most other things were always positive and uh, fortunate and I would have looked at them as, as for, uh, opportunities for uh, challenging myself and improving uh, rather than the other way around. I, I, I know that there's people out there that have had much worse uh, happen to them and go astray in their, in their world and, and they've had uh, you know, greater setbacks to overcome and some of them do overcome them but in my own case I, I just uh, remember realizing that I, I was lucky that I had survived it and that I hadn't any injuries that uh, kind of uh, laid me uh, unable or disabled. Uh, uh, although um, people would joke at times that there was uh, things that may have uh, been impacted, but that was all fun and games. And I, as I say, I was lucky. To, to be able to uh, get back to uh, a, a fairly high level again and play for, for Dublin and for the club and get on with my life again, you know. Were you much different as a footballer when you came back? I wouldn't say so. I, I'd say I had to adapt to some things. I, um, pace in, in team sport uh, and most of the footballing games is an important ingredient. I'd say that I didn't uh, uh, regain the, the same uh, sp sharpness of, of turn of speed. Uh, and it's not necessarily that I was a sprinter or anything in, in the first part of my career, but uh, I, I'd say I had to be a bit quicker of thought when I came back because I, I had that split second of less mobility and less uh, elasticity uh, when, I, when I came back and um, one had to compensate the other. But um, I don't think I was too different. Uh, uh, still could execute the, the basics of uh, catching, kicking, passing, tackling which are all uh, necessary components of playing uh, Gaelic football and uh, I would say that I regain most uh, of those aspects but it's just a small little bit of quick movement that I, I would have felt was different and that I had to uh, make other adjustments to compensate for. What do you think is the most important attribute for a Gaelic footballer? Humility. I think that um, you can't believe for one second if you want to achieve that you that you are uh, at the top and the where that you're at where you, you always must be striving to be better to do better. And a, a big part of that is to remember and remind yourself that you're only human. And the way games go, 
some days, no matter how hard you try. Indeed, the harder you try, the more ineffective you can be. And uh, other days, then it's like the ball is like a magnet here, or uh, things that just happen as if they're meant to happen. But it's, it's understanding the difference and knowing that you, sometimes you, and more times you have no control over those differences. And players can analyze and review and try and understand what they did one day as opposed to what they didn't do. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's, it's understanding that you're only human. And while you ha might have a talent, the talent alone isn't going to get you to where you need to. You have to have a huge work ethic and a huge uh, willingness to push yourself and to uh, try and just be that a little bit better than the opposition any given day. But understanding that a lot of days you're not going to be as good as an opponent. So, Brian, who had the biggest impact on your career? Uh, Kevin, obviously, uh, on my uh, career as a sports person, it was Kevin Heffernan. He was he was um, just a, a phenomenal individual and understanding uh, performance, sports performance, and particularly uh, Gaelic football. And um, I would ha have to say he was he was the biggest influence on me. For you, is there one performance that? you think defines everything that you're about? I would imagine that a lot of people probably, and, and myself included, would choose the uh, replay in Cork in 1983 uh, as being the one that uh, defined me. But I like to think that the one before that, the Leinster final where uh, we beat Offaly, who again were the previous uh, uh, year's All-Ireland champions, and they beat us in the Leinster final in uh, 1982 by 12 points. And in 1983, we turned that around to for us to win. And I, I, I always got a great sense of um, satisfaction uh, out of that perform that game and my own part in that game in particular and um, you know I had other games down earlier in my career that were uh, I would be uh, content with that I, I did my best and that uh, I, I didn't give up on myself or the team so it's somewhere in between those two matches in 83 the Leinster final the against the Offaly, and then uh, the first match in Crow Park uh, against Cork, where they were five points up with around five minutes to go, and we pulled uh, um, a draw out of it to get the replay. And uh, that was a, a performance where I never, I didn't give up on myself, despite thinking that. Oh, maybe this is a bridge too far, and, and that actually happened in, in, within the game and in my head. But uh, whatever little leprechaun uh, in my subconscious said, "No, you're not going to give up now on this," and we we uh, got 
back to a, a draw, as I say, and then we went to Cork and we blew the thing out of the water, me and everybody else on the, on the team. So it's it's somewhere in those three games, I would say, Emery. What about your greatest success? What do you reckon it is? Oh. <laughs> they get harder as they go along. <laughs> uh, uh, success is is um, a funny theme in, in terms of you know trying to uh, account for it or or to measure it. I, I'm still try, striving, I would say, for my greatest success is, is, is trying to be the best person I can be to, with my family and with my um, job and my responsibilities and just with the world at large. I mean, uh, I, how do you measure success? Uh, I, I don't think I'm there yet. I, I don't think maybe I'm the one to to do the measuring or the asking or all all I uh, uh, recount when he asked me that question is that um uh, trying to be the best you can be all the time as often as possible uh, I I learned at a very early stage that there's no substitute for hard work that hard work had anything to do, be it studying, be it helping others, be it helping yourself, you've got to be prepared to work hard. And uh, when you take on a responsibility, it's about bringing your best to that responsibility and being able to say to yourself, well, I, even though it didn't work out or it didn't do as well as I thought it would, at least I tried my best. So. If I was measuring my success, it would be how, how far do I get to giving my best whenever I need to give my best. That's fair enough. What about your legacy? What do you think that's going to be? <laughs> you're looking at two. You're looking at tombstones now, and, <laughs> and epi, epitaphs. I like to go full circle. <laughs> tombstones and epitaphs. Uh, well, I suppose it's somewhere in that space about uh, I did my best. I, I, I do my best. I, I tried my best. Uh, and um, I, I can't think of any, any other form of words to, uh, you know, I'm, I, I, I'm very regularly humbled by what I read about other people. I'm very inspired by, you know, reading about people like, um, Nelson Mandela, Che Guevara, and other heroes of the world who, who, you know, my life and the good fortune that I uh, experienced through my parents and through our standard of living in Ireland in general, you know, I, I was so fortunate and I'm still very fortunate. And I marvel at these people who, despite huge odds and huge difficulties and tests of their character, they came through with flying colors, they survived. So I, I aspire to the res, uh, showing the resolution and the resolve of people, the Ukrainian people at the moment, and what they have to put up with, and the mothers who you know, are trying to protect their children. And we have heroes here in Ireland, 
that uh, many, many of them that are similarly challenged to make something for themselves and to make something for other people less fortunate. So it's about recognizing those less fortunate than yourself and giving as much as you can to them and for them and being thankful for what you have, which I am very thankful for everything that I've got out of life and through life. So, Brian, you're not done yet. You're still trying your best at many things. <laughs> I don't know whether that answers your question, but the legacy is that. No, it does. It does. My, my legacy is that, uh, and the legacy would be that I hope that I, I tried my best to be the best I can be. So, what's next for you then? Uh, I don't know exactly yet. Uh, I'm still uh, uh, on the payroll in UCD. I'm heavily involved in the last number of years in health promotion and um, trying to uh, practice what I preach in terms of lifestyle and and, uh, giving people to understand about making good decisions about themselves, for themselves, and um, where I'm going to move on to from there, because I, I imagine at some stage soon I'd have to step away from UCD, but I think there's another project or two in me. I'm very fortunate that I enjoy good health and I feel that I'm up to another challenge or two. What exactly they are, I don't know yet. (laughs) But uh, I'm hoping that I'll get some inspiration sometime soon that, hey, this direction or that direction, this is is something that you should give uh, to. And um, it could be... Uh, you know, a, a charity or it could be a project that helps people uh, that hasn't been properly uh, uh, shaped yet or framed yet that I, I might find out about. But I suppose I'm I'm on the lookout for for something, and I still have to find it. Uh, I I am a, a, a student, if you would, of history and particularly the history of humankind. And then um, I sometimes imagine that I might be a bad tour guide. So maybe I'll, I'll do something in, in, in that vein because uh, I love talking about people and I love talking about history and I love learning about history and uh, the, the developments in the world that... Uh, bring about such controversy and um, the mistakes that are repeated and but you know mere mortal like me I can't uh, I can only try and understand what I can change and set about trying to change it well Brian I'd say there'd be a lot of people who'd be very interested in listening to the stories that you had while you were giving them a tour of whatever it is that you want to do but look in general thank you so much for joining me today, but also for all the memories that you created for so many people, so many football fans. You definitely inspired a generation of footballers. You're so humble, um, but you gave everybody so many great days. So thank you for joining me. And also thanks everybody for watching and listening. Please like, subscribe and leave a review.